today on CityCast Denver. Let me take you back in time for a minute. It's 2002 at about 9 p.m. on a Friday night, and I've just woken up from my disco nap after working a shift at Chili's. I'm in my retro-looking bathroom, straightening my platinum blonde hair, and I'm wearing sandblasted flared jeans, a white belt, and a Donna's t-shirt. After downing a beer and a cigarette, I'm finally ready for lip gloss. It was the place to be on Friday nights. Drinks were strong and the music was so good. And the dance floor was packed. My friend Michael Trundle invented this because he wanted a quote, music nerds dance night. He'd play everything from indie and electroclash to 60s soul and synth pop. Lip Gloss has been hosted at clubs across Denver for decades, and Michael still runs it to this day. Its most recent home was at Milk Bar at 11th and Broadway, but now the club night is moving to HQ on South Broadway in a space formerly known as Three Kings. And long before it was Three Kings, it was 60 South, which is where Lip Gloss was born. Today is Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Hi, Michael. Hi, Bree. How are you? I'm good. Good to see good. you. Good to see you. Sorry for the messy background. Oh, my God. I'm in my laundry room. It's fine. So, Michael Trundle, Lip Gloss is coming home in a sense. It's returning to the same building that you guys started it in. But I want you to help me set the scene for folks who have maybe never been to Lip Gloss. I'm walking in on a Friday night. I walk in the door. What do I see? What do I hear? Well, I guess it depends on what era of lip gloss you're talking about. I know that's true. Let's <laughs> say right now I'm I'm like a newcomer to the city, especially I'm trying to find cool stuff to do. I'm walking in right now. What am I seeing? We play music that I think is, is quite popular but doesn't get played at dance clubs. Lots of stuff like Tame Impala, LCD Sound System. So, so you're liable to hear music that you're not hearing in other spaces. You know, we tend to have a, a section of the queer community that comes. We have some connection to the goth scene, to the punk scene. Um, a fairly diverse crowd. I will say that diversity has has uh, drained away over the last couple of years. And then just kind of normal people that just want to dance yeah yeah I have to say you know lip gloss has been going on for 20 plus years I I feel it feels very similar to who I saw at the beginning too definitely punks and um, you know more alternative folks definitely goths like I think people don't know Denver used to have a much bigger goth scene and and it's it's still a, a fairly large scene i think it's just been getting displaced a little bit yeah that's a good that's a good point so you guys just moved back to your original location although it's now called hq it was called 60 south at the time that lip gloss started why move back to hq tell me about what's going on over there now so it's 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 not just hq being the reason that we're moving there we're also moving just because Milk has changed a little bit, and I don't want to say that in a, in a way that's derogatory towards milk, because I don't think it is, but that neighborhood has changed. Denver's changed, as I'm sure you're, you're well aware. And that neighborhood and that bar have just really, they've, they've lost some of the magic that made me stay there. 
Um, I didn't make as much money there as I could have made at other places, but I really, really loved the venue. And I loved that that particular venue really catered to that sort of underground scene. It gave me a, a sort of a cultural epicenter that I really wanted to be a part of. And that, that epicenter just started getting a different crowd. The direction the venue is going in, it's busy, but it's not our direction. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like a home to me anymore. What was interesting to me, Michael, was I read this uh, interview with you in Westward where you were talking about this sort of shift in the audience at Milk. And it sounded like you had a packed club, but it wasn't necessarily like, it didn't feel like music fans maybe or. Yeah. um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's weird. You know, normally over the years, if I get to finish DJing at the end of the night and there's a packed floor and everybody's dancing and people cheer and clap and they're done, they walk out and they're happy. I usually feel really, really good. And a lot of nights I was just feeling like really a little let down. We pack the room. I mean, it is, it's packed, but I'm not playing the music I want to play as much. I mean, I'm playing music I want to play, but it's, it's becoming almost like a playlist, like the same playlist every week because the crowd doesn't know the music as well. So you kind of get stuck playing the hits. It, it's almost like playing the one hit wonders of, of, of these bands, but they're not bands that are one hit wonders. They're bands that have great music that if you play the wrong song, People were just like, I don't know what that is. And that's a big part of the of the move as well, I guess I should have mentioned, is that uh, Milk has several rooms. They have three rooms in the basement. They have a big club upstairs. And so if you play music people don't know, they will kind of wander the next room. There's like no letdown. You just have to keep punching. You have to keep playing. The, the, the next song needs to be a hit. And HQ is one room. It's my room. I was going to say it's a, it's a captive audience situation that allows you to do something that is underlying for DJs, but not necessarily obvious to audiences, which is build energy, which is like create energy in a space that allows for folks to get amped up enough to say, I will stay on the dance floor when it's something I don't know, but it sounds good. Or Yeah, it's, it's all about it's about creating a vibe and inertia kind of combined. You want you, you, you. You know, like I work really hard to cultivate a vibe when I DJ. Like I want songs to flow to each other. I want there to be a feeling. And sometimes you mix that up and, and change the feeling drastically in a second. But the idea is that you're creating sort of a a, 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 a culture of sound. Um, when Tyler Jacobs and I started it, we had this philosophy of play two songs they know, one they don't. And like that way you could sort of teach people. You get them amped up a little bit. And then when you play that third song that maybe a lot of them don't know, they're already dancing. There's an inertia. It keeps them going. And when they just walk out of the room in the middle of a song because they don't know it at the beginning of a song, it sort of breaks that process. And they go in another room and it's, I don't know, it, it lended itself to sort of like this tourism aspect of like, we're just touring the rooms. And, and I want what I do to be an experience. I don't want to play the hits. I don't want to do a Lodo Club thing where it's like, oh, these are the top, these are the songs that are the top 40 thing. Like, I want people to learn about music and experience music and and like totally lose themselves in something new. Like I'm thinking about some of those moments I've had on the dance floor lip gloss, thinking about like the first time I ever heard like and really danced to Cheap Trick. And that, and that was definitely me playing it probably. <laughs> like something I would never listen to out on my own and then I was like oh okay it was just that sort of section of the 70s that I sort of missed in terms of like music that was introduced to me well and it's and it's dad rock 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, but it's also in the context between, say, Lady Tron and Primal Scream or something. It may, You're adding that context to make it fun to enjoy that down. Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, we'd mix that stuff with, like, New York Dolls or something a lot. Like, something that was, like, kind of like this almost pre-punk coming out of glam. Like, you know, it's... They fall in there. They fall in there. And it's... And they have a couple of good songs. Why has Lip Gloss persevered for 20 years when other club nights have come and gone by the dozens? Uh, part is that I'm stubborn and willing to not make a lot of money um, for a <laughs> living. Um, you know, I, I mean, I've done okay with Lip Gloss at times, but it is a very stressful career, um, as the pandemic really proved. But I've stuck it out in spite of that. I know a lot of DJs go get real jobs. And this job is a hustle. It's constantly a hustle because I've got a few regular gigs, but you have to constantly be finding other gigs to make money. But I love doing it. And, you know, I like drinking and I like playing music. And these are things I get to do as part of my job. And other than that, I think it's just you're, some genre specific nights have a hard time surviving, I think, because the music changes. And if the DJs are really kind of like into a particular era or whatever, and the, the market doesn't want to, isn't that interested in that era of music anymore, or that genre of music, it dies off. And lip gloss has always been pretty, even though we're an indie rock night, and I, I did air quotes there. Um, we, we, we are really more of an open format night. We lean very indie, but I mean, I, I play, I play some gospel in the dance floor. Sometimes we play sixties, we play soul, we play all kinds of stuff. Um, and then I just love music. I, we keep up on music. And so anything that's new in indie, I mean, I, I still spend, you know, probably 50 bucks a week on music, just buying new songs. And so when something new comes out, we're on it, we're finding it, we're excited about it. And we play it on our dance floor. So the night is contemporary. It's not just kind of a throwback night. Um, I've seen a lot of like throwback indie nights popping up and from people that were doing this stuff back in the day. Nick Mark in New York City did a night called Tiz Was and he now does a night called Take Me Out, which I DJed a couple of years ago. It was awesome, but it's like they're it's like a, a throwback to 2000s era indie rock. They're doing the Strokes and the Killers. And I see these and it's awesome, but I'm like, I've, we never stopped doing it. Like we've incorporated that in our dance party since it started. It's never stopped being incorporated. It's just that we're continually updating as well. That is wild thinking about how you have survived to become the thing again that you started as. Right. Now, now we're a retro night. <laughs> but you're also interjecting new music because that's so interesting. That's what I was thinking about was like Tiz Was and then Miss Shapes and these other nights that were really big in other big cities. But then Denver had lip gloss. And, and it's crazy. We did the numbers we did blew all those clubs out of the water. Really? We were doing 1,200 people a night, and most of these clubs were doing, like, 400. Wow. I mean, we were in contact with a lot of different nights, and we told a lot of people that were doing they'd just be like, how do you get that many people in Denver? This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is, like, surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. So again, we've been talking about this return to the original club where it all began, and 
HQ is on South Broadway, an area of town that you and I know have has changed so much. What are you what are you excited about getting back to that part of the neighborhood? Like, what are you thinking about? Um, I mean, there was so look when I lived down at first in Aladdie, right around when Punchbowl opened. Right. And I'm fairly certain that was 2012. And I remember I was moving down to that neighborhood. and I was so excited. I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's gonna make this neighborhood so cool. And it just ended up not it ended up being like, just like this weird crowd that doesn't like music and doesn't like anything. And they're just out to party and have a good time, which is fine. But they used to be in Lodo and now they were in my neighborhood. And it completely changed that neighborhood. Interesting. And luckily places like High Dive and Sputnik survived it. Um, Three Kings survived it. Now Three Kings is where HQ is now. So at some point, clearly, I don't think Three Kings closed because they couldn't stay open. I think there was just... Changing up. The owners were done. Yeah. But I've been down there and I feel like that Rhino has really pulled sort of that, that, that party element crowd away a little bit. And now Baker, that neighborhood that I've been down there, has felt sort of like it's busy again. Yeah. But it's also gotten grimy a little bit again. It's not, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's a little bit more like... I see more of like the punks down there and, and like it's starting to feel more like high dive neighborhood again. And you know, when lip gloss started down there, that was before high dive. There was nothing down there. It was, it was 60 South and famous pizza. The street was like a ghost town at night. It was. You could like park in front of lip gloss. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I parked right in front of the door every night and there was the bank across the, the street that didn't give a crap if you parked in their parking lot because it was just like, there's, there's, there's nothing going on here. There's like, and, and so it, it's just starting to feel a little bit old school again. It doesn't feel like the, Super shiny. Yeah, you know, you're not going to have like these roving gangs of meatheads who want to get in fights, which is what it was for a little while. Walk at home and get the crap beat out of you for no reason because, you know, somebody doesn't like the way you look. So, you know, in 2022 in Denver, we're this sort of land of immersive experiences. We're looking at themed bars, you know, massive DJs coming to Red Rocks. Meow Wolf is hosting these adults only nights with DJs. Where does lip gloss fit into the Denver nightlife of right now? Well, and I, I think sometimes the the spectacle of this immersive thing can really, it distracts from music anyway. I mean, it's it's really cool to be in a space that's unique and has lots of flashy lights and cool concepts and and that sort of thing. But for a dance party, man, it's it's this is supposed to be out the music. I don't I don't need a, you know, a swirling thing on the ceiling and stuff all over the walls. And you know, I want some good. I want a couple of good dance lights. I want good sound. And so yeah, I just I think sometimes it is it should just be about the music. And, and I don't want to tie that music to genre and I don't want to tie it to whatever kind of thing is happening around there to make you feel like you're more in the moment. You, the music should make you in the moment and people dancing and sweating and having fun and laughing. And that, sh- that should be immersive enough. That's, that's immersive enough for me. <laughs> so uh, this Friday, you will be at HQ. For the first time, yeah. What are you excited to play? I'm definitely looking forward to playing some like the, like the new Fontaine's DC track. My friend Sally says she knows you Got a funny point of view Says you've got away with murder Maybe once or maybe two Something So I'll probably play that. Other than that, I don't know, man. Like, I just, like, you know, it's so much like a, a feeling it. Like, we'll play Strokes. We'll play Killers. We'll play LCD Sound System. We'll definitely, I don't know what tracks necessarily we'll play by those artists. But it's, it's really hard to say exactly because I don't know who's going to show up. Well, Michael Trundle, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having me. Tell your mom I said hi. <laughs> Tell your mom I said hi. I <laughs> 
You can attend Lip Gloss every Friday night, including this Friday at HQ on South Broadway. I'll be the one dancing in the sandblasted flare jeans with platinum blonde hair. Just kidding. I have a baby now. You will not see me there. I will be asleep. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. The latest Omicron variant has hit Colorado. CPR reports that the COVID-19 BA.2 variant, also called Stealth Omicron, is showing up in our wastewater. The good news? The Denver Department of Public Health and Environment anticipates low transmission rates because many folks are vaccinated and we've got some natural immunity built up being two years into this thing at all. Still, if you aren't vaxxed or boosted yet, no better time than now. And in local area man news, a Denver pickleball enthusiast is in hot water with the Parks and Rec Department after going rogue and drawing his own pickleball markings in permanent marker on the Central Park Rec Center's basketball court. Apparently, he plays and teaches pickleball there on his own volition and was upset that there were no permanent markings on the court to guide pickleball players. He's been charged with vandalism and is banned from all rec centers. Pickleball has also been suspended from the Central Park Rec Center. This is why we can't have nice things. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today, producer Lizzie Goldsmith chats with Curious Theater about their new production. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. (laughs) I remember going home and being like, because of course this is like pre-Shazam and like no one, I don't think we had the, we don't think we had the internet at our house in 2002 for sure. So it was just being like, can't wait to go back next week and ask Michael what that song was, you know.